Would you turn please to the New Testament, 3rd John, 3rd Epistle of John. And let's get into the word tonight on the subject of prosperity proven. Prosperity proven. Now we've been going, I don't know how many weeks, three or four weeks, something like that, I guess. On this subject, I believe at the direction of the Lord, we taught for, uh, you know, months on the subject of healing. Ministering and receiving healing. You heard some testimonies from some of that ministry. And uh, if you've been going through a tough time in your body, maybe you should get those tapes and feed on them. If so, you know, if some other tapes minister to you more than that, somebody else's will get them and feed on them. But don't just sit around and do nothing when you're facing a serious situation in your body. Feed your faith. Well, faith for healing, how does faith come? Tell me. It comes by hearing. Well, faith for healing is going to come by hearing what? The word on healing. You're not going to get faith to be healed by sitting and listening to people tell you that healing's been done away with. Or that it's not always God's will to heal. Or that God's teaching you something through that disease. Did you hear me? You're not going to, if you had any faith, you'll lose it listening to that. You need to hear the scripture. Right? By stripes you're healed. You should hear what God said. And man, we spent months on that. So that's not what we're dealing on right now. But that doesn't mean you can't receive your healing. Right? So if you were here and got tapes, pull them out. If you weren't here, they're available. Go back there and get them. And uh, probably cost you less than one visit to the doctor's office. Get the whole shebang, whole series. <laughs> and they're good. They just, they're, they're, you know, the word is just as good 20 years from now as it, as it is right now. Well, we've begun, I believe, at the direction of the Lord now, talking on the subject of prosperity proven. We believe that God is a prospering God. But it's not a matter of what I think or what you think. Can it be shown and proven and demonstrated, you know, substantiated in the Scripture? So that's what we've been doing. We've been taking it line upon line and building our case. The Bible said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So find 3 John, just one chapter, 3 John. Let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you. For the privilege and honor of being here tonight. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our brightness of mind. Our peace. Our joy. Our prosperity. Our safety. Our soundness. Thank you that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you that you're coming again soon to receive us to yourself. We give you the glory. Thank you that we're not left here in this earth comfortless or orphans. We're in the world But we're not of the world. But you gave us the wonderful Holy Spirit to be our teacher and to help us. We yield to him tonight. Give everybody ears to hear, eyes to see, heart open and receptive. Let there come divine grace deposits, truth impartations, a supply of the Spirit. Let there come answers to questions, solutions to difficulties right now, direction and help right now for where we are right now. And we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise, and by your grace we'll not be hearers only, but we'll be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Does the Scripture teach us to read the Scriptures? Yeah. Bible said, among other things, said give attendance to reading. Talked about, you know, feeding on the scriptures and they're able to build you up and give you an inheritance. It's able to equip you uh, in, in every area. And that's why we keep talking about all the people at Faith Life Church reading their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Right? If you hadn't been doing it, let me encourage you that uh, there, you do not have a good reason why you didn't do it. Did you hear me? There's nothing more important than putting God first, right? And serious Christians read the Bible. 
Am I right? Somebody said, you, you've said that before, Brother Keith. Well, when every hand is raised in every service, you might not hear it. But it's just so important. I know what the word has done for me. Amen. I know where I was and I know where I am. And if I could tell you how God healed me from allergies and allergic problems that were incurable. Uh, I used to break out in hives as a child and be laid up in the bed for weeks at a time. God completely healed me of that. It's been decades since I had any symptoms. How I was completely broken in debt and owed back taxes. And God supernaturally brought me out and caught me up and enabled me to give more than I used to earn in 10 years in a single check. Amen. But so, Brother Key, what's the biggest thing that helped you? I wouldn't even blink an eye. The biggest thing that has helped me, number one, no question, don't even have to wonder about it, reading the Bible. Amen. So, didn't prayer number one? No, that's number two. So well, prayer is number one. You don't even know how to pray if you don't know the Bible. You don't have any faith to pray if you don't know the word. Right? In fact, Proverbs says, he that turns away his ear from hearing the word, even his prayer shall be an abomination. That's how strong it is. What's first? The word. The word. Just reading the word. I know as a teenager, when I started coming up, when I started getting close to God, when I started getting the plan of God, I would sit and just read the chapters. Just read Deuteronomy and read Exodus and read Matthew. I know distinctly when God began to be more real to me, when I begin to understand and see things rightly. That's why I keep telling you over and over and over and over. If you let other things go, that's different. But this thing, you don't let go. Right? If you miss a day, get it caught up. You know, that's not the end of the world. I know that. But you don't just forget it and go weeks and weeks and don't read and months and months and don't read. It's like going weeks and weeks and not eating any food for your body. That's why so many people are so weak spiritually. Because they're not being fed. Didn't Jesus say man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's what's in this book. Right? This is spirit food. This is faith food. How often should you feed your spirit? Regularly. How often do you feed that body of yours? You don't miss many days, do you? No. So, tell me again. How many in in Faith Life Church read their chapter in the New Testament? Every day, Monday through Friday. Everybody say, everybody. 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 A Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. So what about Saturday? Read all you want. Read a hundred chapters if you want to. But that's, that's your business. But uh, at least do what we're talking about here. Have you found 3 John 2? 3 John 2. Verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Is this the word of God? Is the word God speaking to me? When you sit down to read your chapters, when you read any portion of the Bible, can you sit down and before you start say, Lord, this is your holy word. This is you speaking to me. Speak to me from this and just start reading. Is that God talking to you? Absolutely. Did he tell you, did the Lord tell you that it was his will above all things? It was his desire above all things that you what? Prosper. Prosper. If you just stop right there, is it or is it not God's will for you to prosper? If you didn't know anything else, here it is in black and white, right? Who who said this? The Lord said it. That you prosper and that you be in health. Is it God's will that you be in health? Yeah. How's it going to happen? 
Now, some people say, well, now, see there, that's the main thing, is your soul prospering, and this other don't matter. Well, you don't have a right to diminish the words of the Lord like that, and that's not what he said. He didn't say, now, these two things are okay, but they're not very important, and here's the main thing. No, he said, this is my will, that you prosper and that you be in health. Then he told you, this is how it's going to happen. Even as, it's going to happen, even as your soul prospers. If you haven't been with us, you might want to get the tapes and catch up like we mentioned. But we've been talking about how prosperity occurs. It doesn't happen first in your account, your checking account, saving account. It doesn't happen first in your purse or your pocketbook. It happens in your soul. Your soul prospers. Now, your soul prospers, the, the word prospers your soul in whatever area that word is dealing with. But we're talking about the area of prosperity. And so we spent quite a bit of time last week camping and talking about how that if you think that you're poor and you talk poor and you believe poor and make plans to do poor things, then you, your soul is not prospering. You're poor inside. And we even talked about people who have money, who by the world standard are very, very rich, and yet still inside they're poor. They're poor people with money. What do you mean? Well, they, they won't spend it on anything. They scrimp and, and, and they use old wore out stuff and, and they're afraid they're going to lose their money and, and die prematurely with fear and worry and anxiety and leave it to somebody else who just blows it. I mean, that's not wisdom. That's not understanding. Prosperous person prospers on the inside. You're rich in your spirit. Amen. And you must begin to think like a rich person and talk like a rich person. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. You have to stay after it. It wouldn't hurt if you look in the mirror pretty regularly and go, I'm rich. I see these signs around me, you know, turn that sign around, show it to yourself frequently and go, I am very rich. I'm I'm a rich man. I'm a rich woman. I'm a rich. Learn to identify when you read scriptures that talk about the rich. It said, you know, you know, warn the rich not to be high minded nor trust in uncertain riches. You stop and go, yeah, I got to watch that. Why? That's me. I'm the rich. The Bible tells us this. So we've we've been going over uh, different points and truths, how we know it's God's will for us to prosper. We looked at some of the revealing names of God. We saw he is El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient one. Amen? The God of abundant supply. He is our total source of supply. Learn this terminology. Uh, Sometimes people, you know, they don't think about what they're saying so much, but you do not have many sources. You have one source. He uses many channels. Did you hear me? A lot of times people say, well, that came from a totally unexpected source. Uh Uh-uh. Maybe unexpected channel, but you don't have many sources. Who is your source? Our complete Source of supply is God. There is nothing that we would ever need or want that is not in Him. Right? Everything. Everything for your soul, your mind, your body, your financial life, your family, your business. Everything you would ever need or desire is in Him. He's my source. Amen? You notice in offerings, so many times we'll stand up and we'll say, God is my unlimited, unfailing source. Amen? Amen? Say it out loud, God's my source. When he really is, you stop looking to people. And you stop putting pressure on people. Did you hear me? And if you're a preacher, you won't say, hey, if y'all don't give, we're going under. What does that mean? These people are your source. You don't put pressure on somebody to sell them something. If you don't buy this, I ain't going to make it. Well, then that makes them your source. You don't put pressure on your husband or wife. Well, you got to do this for me or or your mom or your dad or or somebody. You you got to come. If you don't come through for me, well, what does that mean? That means that they are your source. And if they don't do it, you ain't going to make it. If God's your source, you will make it. 
Because he has all kind of channels that you never even thought of. And if one person doesn't do it, he's got 10,000 on tap. He'll just use somebody else, right? And he'll be faithful to supply every need. Well, we talked about him being Jehovah Jireh. And then we talked about him being the God of Abraham. You remember that? Three people do. (laughs) The God of Abraham. And so we asked, what kind of God did Abraham know? Did he know a God of poverty? A God of, of lack? A God whom it was his will for him to just struggle and get by? He knew a God who blessed him. He knew the blesser. Amen. He knew a God who made him very rich. Right? In silver and gold and cattle and stuff. He knew a God of protection and restoration. And he knew a faithful God who did everything for him that he told him he was going to do. Even unto his old life. We ask the question, well, what kind of man was Abraham? That God could bless him like he did. Because there's there's two sides to this. Sometimes people only talk about the God side. But how many understand you don't have to work so much on God's side. If you do what he told you to do, he's going to be faithful to do what he said he would do. You don't have to talk him into something that's his idea. But how? what kind of man was Abraham? Well, he was an obedient man. Boy, this is a biggie. I tell you, the the longer I go, the bigger I see this is. Obedient. And why so many people that even quote prosperity scriptures and they're not prospering, this is where they're missing it. They're not obedient to do what he told them to do. Abram left his folks. He left his family. He left where he grew up. He went out not knowing where he was going. He was obedient. Everybody say obedient. You've got to obey God to qualify. And then also he was a tither. You remember that? He was a tither. He gave God the tenth of everything that he acquired on that particular thing the chapter talked about. He was an unselfish man. Somebody who preferred his brother. He was a hospitable man. Hospitality is not just a southern thing. It's a godly thing. Right? Numerous scriptures in the Bible on being hospitable. In fact, you know, Hebrews says that we ought to be watchful and careful to entertain strangers. Because some have entertained angels without knowing it. We ought to be very hospitable. And I'm telling you, it's music to my ears, the reports that keep coming in. And it's just a steady stream of them now. About how people telling, that you're writing into the church, calling into the church, about how wonderful you treated them when they came to visit. Well, they just treated us like royalty. They just did this and they did that. And, and uh, they just gave us this and gave us that. That's wonderful. That's love in action. Right? That represents us well. That represents your church well. That represents the Lord Jesus well. Can you say amen? amen? Keep it up. Increase. How many believe Faith Life Church is and will excel in hospitality? We will excel. God will show us things to do. Ideas that maybe, you know, you hadn't thought of before. But he'll show us things to do. And then folk will just show up and go, wow, nobody ever did that for me. I never even thought about that. How come you thought about that? God gave us an idea. Amen. And that's, that is happening. And there's some things we're, we're getting ready to implement. I'm excited. And so it's, it's going to increase. But God will give you ideas. And as he does, let us know about them. Ways to love on people. Ways to make people feel valuable and important. Amen. Ways to encourage people. You know, Phyllis, uh, the Lord has dealt with her to sow, give jewelry numerous times. Me too. And, you know, it's interesting as the years go by, especially several years ago and even recently, I've sown a bunch of watches. And, man, I've had watch harvests the last... (laughs) Especially the last couple of years, man, they keep coming in. They keep getting better. I mean, better, better, and better, and better. And and Phyllis has sewn rings, a lot of rings. And I know there's been, what, at least two that I know of. Some of these were many years ago. 
that the Lord dealt with her, and it was the best thing she had. And the Lord dealt with her to sow this ring to this lady on this particular time. And sometimes 10 years later, sometimes 15 years, 20 years later, come back and say, you know, you didn't know what was going on with me, but I'm in the ministry today because of that. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up everything. And that ring ministered to me so much that I knew, why would God deal with you to do that? Because he loves me. And he knew what I was going through, and he wanted to encourage me. Now, friend, that's far out beyond a piece of metal. Right? Far out. So, you know, people try to make fun of us sometimes about, you know, well, you all are that prosperity bunch and give and receive bunch. Yes, we are. And we make no apology for it. Because giving is the greatest expression of love. God so loved the world that he gave. Gave. And that's what we do. Amen. We love so we give. And we give according to the direction of the Spirit. Not just haphazardly and loosely. But as he directs. And of course the harvest just keep rolling in. I said the harvest just keep rolling in. That's, that's a bad place to get quiet. You know, good place to put some faith in action in your words. So let's go on. Last week, we talked about the God of Isaac. Anybody remember that? Because some dozen times in the Bible, God referred to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, who is the God of Abraham? Isaac and Jacob. Is he a cheap God or a rich God? Is he a poor God or a God of abundance? Hmm? If, if we could sit down, you know, Isaac is alive right now. Huh? Abraham's alive right now. They're in heaven. Heaven is just as real as Branson. Just much nicer. It is. It's just as real. You know, people sometimes talk about how awful death is. No, death is only awful if they're lost. Did you hear me? Now, that's awful. But death is not, for the saint, is not awful. We didn't even lose them. They just transferred. They went from one place to, they're not in that body that you buried. They're in heaven with Jesus. Heaven's real. The streets are real. The houses are real. The flowers and animals are real. It's real. Did you hear me? And if we could sit down Isaac and Abraham and Jacob here at Faith Life Church tonight and say, unless we should refer to them respectfully, you understand. These are our elders. (laughs) Big time. Uh, Abraham is called a father of faith. And if we said, uh, you know, sirs, tell us what kind of God you know. Because how I many understand he has not changed. He never changes. Cannot change. Do you believe that sometimes it's, it's God's will for you to be poor? Do you think Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob be the one whom God made multi-billionaires? By today's standard of money. Go back and figure it out and see if it's not true. Do you think they'd say, yeah, sometimes. You just never know. What would they tell you? He made them multi-billionaires while they lived. Now, for centuries, they've been living on streets of gold. They know real wealth now. You think that they would agree with anything. Along the lines of poverty and lack for their God. That that's his nature or character? Certainly not. So where do people get this stuff? Or has it been fed through confused and unbelieving preachers to the church for centuries from the enemy? Who wants us so broke we can't reach the world with the gospel? Who wants us so broke, we can't do anything for anybody and show the love of God. Can't give anybody a ring or do anything. How many enjoyed celebration Sunday? Sewing those clothes and that stuff. That's the beginning. You you talk about some nice stuff and a lot of stuff. It's going to be talked about. The stuff that we're going to bring out and give. And how blessed. Did you watch the people? 
walking away from that tent. Couldn't hardly see over the piles of stuff, a lot of them. The smiles on their face. Did that bless you? Did you enjoy that? If you didn't, something's wrong with you. No. That's the beginning. That's the start of this thing. Oh, it's going to go way on up. People are going to walk in there and go, I can't believe this is in here. Did you see this? The tags are still on it. That must cost a thousand dollars. Freely you've received. Freely give. And when we can sow like that, do you not understand what kind of harvest are going to be coming on us? It'll be coming on us quicker than we can re-sow it. Hallelujah. Well, that don't work for people that don't believe in prosperity. That doesn't work for people that don't even believe God wants them to have anything. If you can't even have it, how are you ever going to give it? You can't be a blessing in these areas if you are not first blessed. Right? How many in here with me are coming up? I'm increasing. We're going to be able to do more. Give more. Sow more. Do more. Much, much, much more. The Lord said he's growing us up quickly. And I believe this area is part of it. He's including this area. The God Isaac knew was the God who started him off in life with a beautiful, beautiful wife and billions of dollars that he inherited from his daddy Abraham. That's how he started. Not bad. Everybody say not bad. One of the best looking women in the whole country and a billionaire. And a covenant with God. And we talked about inheritance. How the, the proverb says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner or wicked is laid up for the just. What does that mean? Their wealth does not continue to their seed. Their wealth is supposed to come to us. But our wealth is supposed to accumulate and be handed to the next generation. And then it accumulates even more and they hand it to the next generation until the Lord comes. But how many Christians really think that way? Is it Bible or not? It's Bible. Well, let me, you know, some of you looking at me like, huh? Getting some strange looks. That's Proverbs 13, 22. You don't have to turn there. Look it up later. I'm still reviewing. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Bible truth. Somebody say, I believe it just like that. That's the way it'll be with me and my children. As the Lord tarries. Believing it and saying it is good and great, but there's more to it than that, like that obedience part we talked about. So let's begin to talk more about that. Go to Genesis, please. We were in Genesis 24, but let's go on to the uh, 26th chapter. In Genesis, we still sing how God, how, excuse me, Isaac experienced God's blessing on his life. In Genesis 26, 1, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And apparently he was thinking about going to Egypt. Well, Egypt was probably the the strongest world economy at the time. And you remember uh, later on concerning Joseph in his time, how that when the whole world, known world in that region was in terrible, terrible famine, there was food in Egypt. So when times got the worst, people would go to Egypt. And here is a famine. There's been no rain, which means there's been no crops. This is an agrarian society. Everything's based 
on the crops and the livestock. And no rain means no crops. And that can't happen for very long until people literally start starving to death. And so it was happening. Everybody understand what famine is. This is not a slump. This is not a recession. This is worse than that. Famine. People literally dying because of lack of enough decent food to eat and sustain their body. So, Isaac is a rich man. But I don't care how rich you are, you got to have food. Right? So, he relocates and apparently is heading to Egypt. But at this particular place, at Gerar, the Lord appeared to him. You know, the Lord is faithful, isn't he? When you trust in him and you depend on your covenant with him, how many remember, you know, he appeared to Joseph and warned him when Jesus was a babe about, you know, stay here. No, now leave here and go. Now it's okay to come back. Oh, thank God for the leading of the Spirit. We're living the Spirit-led life, are we not? And you can't separate faith for protection from being led. The two go hand in hand. And uh, so the Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. Now let me let me stop right there. Where will the blessing occur for Isaac? In that place. Right? He said, in this land. What if he had gone on to Egypt? Would he have been blessed the same? What if he decided to go somewhere else? And so we're talking about what kind of God is God? He's a blesser. Right? He'll protect you. He's faithful. He'll warn you. He'll show you. He'll lead you. He'll bless you. He'll make you rich. But that's not all there is to it. There's a manward side to this thing. You must obey. Abraham was obedient. How many think he taught Isaac what he had learned about? You know he did. He taught Isaac. I don't know specifically that the Bible says Isaac was a tither. It does say Jacob was, the next generation. But I don't see any reason, I mean, to think why he wouldn't be. I mean, they all come from the same stock. But anyway, he learned about God from somebody who knew something about God, his daddy, Abraham. And uh, when the Lord tells him, don't go to Egypt. That seems like a bad economic decision. And it, it went on from there. He told him, you stay right here. Everybody say stay. And I'll be with you and we'll bless you. He's going to bless you in his plan. In the place where you're supposed to be. Uh, we've said it like this before. You know that uh, if you're out of your place... You're out of your grace and you'll fall on your face. And it's a fact. You, you watch and see. People sometimes quote a part of a scripture and ignore other scriptures. They say, well, the Bible said go into all the world and preach the gospel. It did. It didn't say that just to John Smith. That's to all of us. Did you hear me? John Smith is not going to single-handedly preach the gospel to every creature on the planet. Right? Well, does that mean that anywhere to go to preach the gospel is okay as long as you're going? Well, if you read the book of Acts, you see them applying what Jesus told them. You see people like the Apostle Paul. He's going into the world. And preaching the gospel. But the book of Acts reveals that he'd go to a certain place and the Holy Ghost would say, don't go there. Right? Would forbid him to go into that place. Why? Is it wrong to preach the gospel to people there? For him it is. But see, God's got other people. Right? And if you're a minister, you got to realize not everybody's ready for you. God knows who will receive through you and who won't. And he will send you to the right people that will receive uh, through you. We're, we're vessels. It's like drinking water from a cup. 
And some people are just ignorant. I mean, you know, they can be starving to death for a drink of water. And you hand them a cup and they go, oh, no, I don't drink from brown cups. Uh Uh-uh. No. No brown cups. (laughs) Well, then just stay thirsty. I don't drink from yellow cups. Now, I don't drink from cups with a southern drawl. I don't drink from educated cups. I don't drink from rich cups. Well, you have severely limited yourself. No, if you really want to grow and develop fully like you should, you got to be willing to drink from whatever cup. Any way, anyhow. The Lord taught me a lesson some years ago about this. There was a fellow who was a minister and had messed up. Oh, man, he had messed his life up, sinned. I mean, messed up big time. And had estranged himself from his family and his church and his wife. And he was there where I was at, endeavoring to get some help from another minister or so. And I was part of it. And he did get back to God. Thank God. And repented. Well, we were in a prayer meeting. And in this prayer meeting, the Spirit of God began to move in a number of different ways. And he started to prophesy to me. Well, my initial reaction was, "Uh uh-uh. No, I don't think this is God. And people can miss it. And, of course, I knew all the stuff he'd just been doing. And I was thinking... Uh, why is he doing that, you know? And then I closed my eyes and I checked my heart and I thought, uh-huh, yeah, that's right. And I looked at him and thought, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, I can't be. That's, no. But then I checked my heart and I thought, yeah, yeah. Well, it it was right. And I thank God that, I, that the Lord helped me to be open-minded enough to realize It was him. And if the God really did repent, is he clean or not? Is he really forgiven or not? Then is he fit to be used or not? See, a lot of people don't see like God sees. So be open. God could talk to you through somebody bagging groceries at the checkout stand. God could talk to you through a service station attendant that may not even be saved. Just an idea comes across their mind and they say it. Be be able to recognize what God is saying. God in anybody, anywhere. And of course, don't be gullible. Just because somebody says, yea, thus saith the Lord, that does not mean it is. Right? Yeah, but they're a prophet. Said who? (laughs) Yeah, but they're an apostle. Maybe they is, maybe they ain't. You have the Spirit in you. And you'll know what's right. You'll have the witness. How do we get off on all that? Are you there in Genesis? He told him, you stay right here. Everybody say, stay right here. When the Lord tells you stay right here, can you be blessed just as well somewhere else? No. No. I know looking back over my life. The Lord sent us to Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And we were blessed there. Now, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen all in five years. But over the course of the years, man, we were blessed and taught and trained. Now, for me, there would have been nowhere else where I could have received as much or been as blessed. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no other ministry in the earth as good. Now, did you hear that? Now, lots of people say, well, you know, our church is the best. Well, if it is, then everybody else's is second rate to yours. Did you hear me? Well, our ministry and that ministry is the best. No, if the Lord sent you there, then it is the best for you. Right? And nowhere else. Will you receive what you're supposed to receive like the place where he sent you? Right? And I'm telling you, you, oh, (coughs) I've seen this so many times. Excuse me. Uh, People, we've had it happen in this church already. 
Too many times. People come in and say, oh, oh, what an answer to prayer. We're supposed to be here. God has hooked us up. We're here. Oh, oh, this is it. This is where we're supposed to be. A month later, offended about something and gone. Gone. And they think that it was about something with us. Well, friend, if the Lord told you to do something, if he told you to come to this church, you better come to this church even if you don't like looking at me. <laughs> I'm serious. See, people, people just get people in their eyes. They just get to looking, well, I don't like him or I don't like that or they didn't do this or they didn't do that. They don't have an awareness of who they're serving. You don't serve me. I don't serve you. You're not going to stand before me at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for what you did with your life. I'm not going to stand before you. And so you get so many times people are led into something, but then they jump out of the will of God because of an offense. And so they bounce around from here to there and here to there and struggle. I'm thinking, I know friends of mine from the past right now. They've struggled for 20 years. Why? Because they didn't stay where God put them. They know faith principles. They know to make confessions. But friend, there's more to it than that. Isaac was raised up in a faith family. He's raised up under the so-called father of faith. He could have went to Egypt and made faith confessions. And he would not have been blessed. Right? It's not just about knowing faith principles. It works together. Every one of us has a place where we're supposed to be. Right? No other place will do. And the devil knows that. And that's why he's always trying to start some. You know, ministries. Between ministries. There are some things that can only be done corporately. There's a lot of things that I can't do as an individual, you can't do, but as a church family together, we can do it. The devil knows that. So if he can keep us fighting each other all the time, then he can keep those things from being done. There's a lot of things that we as a church, no matter how big we might ever get or how rich we might ever get, we as one church cannot do. But multiple churches and ministries together could do it. Did you hear me? And so the devil knows that, and so he's always trying to get some, yeah, yeah, something going between the heads of ministries and some little myth or some riff or something so that they don't fellowship with each other. And he has effectively then prevented the fruit that could have resulted from corporate work. And it's not just ideas that people have. God has to do it. But when he does it, it's powerful. So he told Isaac, you stay right here, and I'll be with you, and I'll bless you. So what did Isaac do? He, uh, in verse 5, let's look at it. said, because Abraham did what? Obeyed my voice. Can you see a theme tonight? And he kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws. And Isaac did what? What does dwelt mean? He stayed. He said, Gerar is the place for me. Why? The Lord said, it don't make no difference if the water tastes bad in Gerar. It doesn't make any difference if you don't like the climate or the customs or if people don't like you, if they don't treat you right. None of that matters, does it? <laughs> if the Lord say, dwell in Gerar, then ain't no place like Gerar for you. Right? I had to ask the Lord two or three times about Branson. Branson, well, Lord, I hadn't thought about Branson. I mean, I didn't know yay nor nay about Branson. I thought, I'm sure it's a nice place, but you want me to go to Branson? Or us to go to relocate? We're well established where we were. Relocate? 
But friend, finally, I, I prayed about it long enough and I, I kept getting it clearer and clearer till I realized if I don't go to Branson, things are going to start going ill for me. What do you mean? Well, not that I'm scared that God's going to, you know, kill me if I don't go to Branson. I don't mean that. I just, I just have learned there's only one place where the full blessing is. It's not about geography. It's about the perfect will of God. That's the place. That's the place where I'm protected. It's the place where I will prosper spiritually and physically and financially. It's all linked to that. Me being where I should be. Can you say amen? Amen. Now notice what else happened. Isaac did what? Verse 6. What did he do? Tell me. He dwelt. He stayed. He lived in Gerar. And uh, in verse... uh, 12, then Isaac sowed, where? In that that place. Is it okay to just sow anywhere? No, No, it's not. Now, this is, again, something that people haven't haven't understood. I'm going to give, so they just, first person they see, they just give everything they got. Or the first person that tells them a sad story, they just, you know. You can actually miss it by giving it to the wrong person, and then you don't have it when the right person comes by. And the devil's always trying to cause that kind of thing to happen. You say, well, how do I know how to give? Well, you should have been here a few months ago. And we talked about the Spirit-led life. No, you still can. But the answer is be led by the Holy Spirit inside you. Be led by the witness inside. Don't let somebody else tell you where to give and how to give. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Pray. Seek God. Let him show you. But Isaac sowed in that land. Now, how many understand from the natural, that looked like throwing your seed away? It's famine. This is not going good in this land. It looks like you are wasting money. You're just throwing it away. But when God says so here, he knows what he's doing. So Isaac, thank God, that's why he's in the book. He sowed in that land. And while everybody else was having a famine, what happened at the end of that season? He received in the same year a hundred fold and what? And the Lord blessed him. I could dance right there on that verse. Now I realize that not everybody believes in hundredfold. But if Isaac was here tonight, (laughs) huh? And you said, Brother Isaac, uh, do you believe in a literal hundredfold return on your sowing? You'd say, Well, I, not only do I believe it, I've lived it. Didn't you read the book? (laughs) We said, Well, yeah, yeah. He said, Well, that's what happened. That was not a parable. That was no figure of speech. Sowed natural seed and reaped in one year. One year. One hundred fold natural harvest. Why is that in here? Because it doesn't belong to us anymore, because it's all past. Why put it in here to stir us up if we just have to say, well, that's not for us? Why have it in here? Everybody say hundredfold. hundredfold. We had a hundredfold testimony right here, what, just a week or two ago, didn't we? What was that? Somebody sold $10 before they got out of the building? What was it? A thousand, wasn't it? Yeah, a thousand. Well, isn't that a hundredfold? I guess they believe in it. Right? Back in, I guess it was 98. I think I said 96 the other night, but I went back and checked, and I think it was 90. It was 98. That the Lord told us to sow those, which to us was a huge amount at the time, and claim a hundredfold. Well, that is coming to pass right now. With this facility and with the ministry, that's happening right now. Hundredfold dollars. Amen. 
But so you believe in the hundredfold? Absolutely. Unashamedly. No explanation required. Yes. Yes. I've seen it. It's happened to me. Repeatedly. Right? So, so well, does it happen every time? Well, there are many variables. It depends on what kind of seed you sow. It depends on what kind of ground you sow it into. It depends on what kind of faith you have to reap. Right? Several variables. But that it happens is a well-established Bible fact. Isaac knew a God of the hundredfold. That was a little weak. Is it, is it exciting? Yes. Isaac knew a hundredfold God. Somebody who blessed him when everybody else was starving. He reaped a hundredfold when other people were going under. Friend, the Lord supplies all our needs according to his riches. In glory by Christ Jesus. No matter what's going on around you, you could prosper anyway. He could do supernatural things. He does. He has. He will. In verse 13. And the man waxed great. And he went forward. You know, that's part of the definition of prosperity. If you look it up, it means to succeed in reaching. You move out. You move up. You move forward. And he grew until he became. Now, who did that for him? Now, is this just talking about spiritually being very great? Read, read, read the next verse. For, for he had possession of flocks. That's more than one flock. Right? And possession of herds. More than one herd. Now, this is natural material wealth. And great store of servants. Today, those would be employees. And the Philistines, what? Envied him. If you read the whole thing, you see that the king of the Philistines envied him. Why? Because of his stuff. Now, hold your place here and go please to Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. In Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, verse 6, Jeremiah 33, 6, he said, Behold, I will bring it health and cure. How many believe you could be healed on that verse right there? Yeah. Yep. And I will cure them and will reveal to them. The abundance of peace and truth. So we were talking about that in the beginning of the service, weren't we? There's healing in peace. Peace itself will heal you. Why? Because peace is the manifest presence of God. Truth will make you free, right? And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as at the first. I'll cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they've sinned against me. And I'll pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. Now let's just stop right there. Does he still pardon iniquities? Does he still forgive? Does he still heal? Yes. Yes. These scriptures belong to us. Now keep reading. Verse 9. And it shall be to me a name of joy. A praise and an honor before all nations of the earth, which shall hear of all the good that I will do to them. And they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I will procure unto it. My. Do you like that? Who is this the word of the Lord? To us, can we receive it for ourselves? Does he still pardon iniquities? Does he still heal? 
Is it still his will to do good to us financially and materially to prosper us to the point that people tremble when they see it and they know it is the hand of God. They know it was the blessing of the Lord and it is a supernatural sign and a witness. You know, people who believe in, in the miraculous, they believe in signs and wonders. You believe, you know, in the Gospels, you believe the book of Acts, you have to believe in signs and wonders. God does signs in, in taking somebody that was an abject sinner and a horrible person and cleaning them up and, and saving them and making them righteous. He, he does signs and healing. Somebody that was given up and incurable and said to be hopeless and he makes them whole and healthy. He also does signs with prosperity. There are signs of prosperity. These are indications and revelations of his goodness. Amen. When people look at somebody and how broke they were and how messed up they were and how hopelessly in debt they were and he sees how quickly and how powerfully God brought them up and now has made them an established person of prosperity, blessing many, that's a sign. And when folk that knew them look at and go, well, I know them, they weren't smart enough to do that. They couldn't have figured that out on their own. They didn't have the context. How did that happen for them? And they know it had to be the goodness of the Lord. Can you say amen? Read it again. He said, it'll be to me a name of joy. Does God get pleasure out of the prosperity of his servant? The psalm said that. It pleases him when we're blessed. And a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth. Now you do understand that we are the U.S. of A., one of the richest nations on the planet. Right? You know why? Why was this nation founded? Freedom to worship God. Right? And the gospel has been sent from this country all over the world more than any other. And that's why we've been blessed. Now, if this nation stops that, then it is no longer qualified to be blessed like that. And we, we needn't think that we're always be on top and always be the most powerful militarily and always be the richest because we are the U.S. No, no. You forget your God, you lose your place. No. That's why you and I better be the salt of the earth. We better be the light. We better keep telling people, it ain't the Democrats, it ain't the Republicans, it ain't the Independents, it ain't, you know, red, white, and blue. It's God. It's God. When something good happens, you better give Him the credit, you better give Him the glory. Amen. Right? If you want to stay there, if you want to stay up, you want to keep going. Yes. And this prosperity is a witness. It's a witness. Now this hundredfold was a witness to these people in the country where they were living. Do you still have your place in Genesis? Genesis 26. Let's finish this up. The man... Isaac, he sowed in that land. He sowed right where God told him to stay. And he received in the same year a hundredfold. Everybody say hundredfold. Hundredfold. Hundred, what does hundredfold mean? One hundred times. times what was sown. Now, would he have gotten that if he'd have sowed it in Egypt? What if he'd have said, I'm sowing in Egypt and I'm a man of faith and I'm claiming a hundredfold off this seed? Mm-mm. You see where people have missed it. Just because you talk the talk doesn't mean it's working. Are you, are you hooked where he told you to hook? Are you staying where he told you to stay? Are you doing what he told you to do? Are you sowing where and what he told you to sow? Then you put your faith on that. And that's when it works. He said he reaped a hundredfold and what? Who, who gave him that? The Lord blessed him. Financially? 
materially. Who did this? The Lord. We're talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What kind of God did they know? God who blessed them. God who made them rich. Very rich. The man waxed great. And he went forward. And he grew until he became very great. Now you've got to remember where he started. He inherited everything his daddy had. Now he's done moved on out. Beyond that. That's some high stepping brother. You done moved out beyond Papa Abraham. He was rich. But his boy Isaac. Is sure enough rich. Let's see how rich he is. Very great. He had possession. Flocks. Herds. The Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped them and filled them with earth. That's just mean. (laughs) You're out in the desert and you're filling up uh, water wells? Mean. Not everybody will be excited that you reaped a hundredfold in the same year. But yeah, you just come on to faith life. We'll shout with you. Yeah, we'll shout with you big time. And it says Abimelech. Now you know who Abimelech was? He was the king of the Philistines. Now you understand, in those days when you were the king, it ain't like the president. I mean, the president, he rides Air Force One. And that's outstanding. He lives in the White House. But when you were a king, I mean, you own the best of everything, and it's yours. Do with what you want to, when you want to. He had the best horses, the best chariots, the best houses, the best food, the best clothes, and he comes to Isaac, and he says, you know, we want you to leave. (laughs) Why? Why? Why do they want him to leave? This is Keith Moore paraphrase. Because you're making me look bad. I mean, I'm the king, man. You can't be driving a nicer car than I got. You can't be flying a newer airplane than me. You can't be, you can't have more money than me. Yeah, but he did. And who gave it to him? And it was a witness. And you look, you read the whole thing. They came back to him later I mean, kind of with their hat in their hand, asking him, would he enter into a covenant agreement with them? Can you see this? Fear, trembling for all the prosperity. They begin to realize Jehovah God did this. Let's see if we can get in with this man. Let's see if we can, can, you know, get under some of his protection, under under some of his covenant. Because they realize, friends... It is, in, in this world, so driven by money and by financial material accomplishments and materialism, it's a bad witness that you and I are broke. Because that's what they pay attention to. Why would they want to leave what they're doing and come to serve a God who can't get them in any better shape than they're already in? They look at you and they look at somebody else and they go, well... They can't even fill their tank of gas. They go to church and they holler and they hoop. He's more than enough. But from where I stand, he ain't. It's a bad witness. But friend, I believe I am in a camp tonight and in this place and in this church. Kind of like some of David's mighty men when they first started out. They didn't look like much. A lot of them, they were disgruntled, weren't they? They were in debt, the Bible said, right? They were in a bad way. I tell you what, though, before it was over with, they were hooked up at the right place, at the right time. And they were on God's side, and they became the mighty men. Oh, they were powerful, and they were influential, and they were wealthy, and they were strong. Glory to God. Didn't start out that way. Did somebody in here have a vision to come up from where you are? Do you want God to be honored in every part of your life, including your finances? 
when people look at you and go, man, it wasn't that long ago. I know you were in bad shape. And, and what? How? Where'd all this come from? Where'd you get all this? Perfect open door. Right? To witness. Let me tell you about the good shepherd. Oh, how he takes care of his little lambs. Let me tell you about Jehovah Jireh. Let me tell you about El Shaddai. Let me tell you about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let me tell you about the real God of the real Bible. Not the stuff you've heard all these years. The real God. Oh, hallelujah. He is a God. Plenty. He is a God of very rich. He's a God who will do these things as signs to other people. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.